0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Hallelujah. Are you blessed tonight? Are you excited to be in the house of God? Are you excited to learn? All right, um... There are certain things that God is putting my spirit in the course of this year that I really want to help share and communicate, and this is one of them. Let's pray. Let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles takes place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. Um, over the years, I have particularly tried to pay very close attention to the seasons that the Lord is bringing me into, including the church, but personally, I think one of the ways to excel in the things of God is to pay attention to the seasons that God is bringing you into. And um, of late, especially as we clock our 10 years anniversary as a church, uh, a sense of destiny, sense of destiny, you know, just rising up in my heart, knowing fully well that a lot of people do not pay attention to the subject of destiny. And so while I was in Kenya over the last... Uh, Morns, I did a school of destiny. I thought on something different. I actually planned to do this when I got back uh, to do a school of destiny. But you know, I, I felt very strong in my spirit that I needed to teach this right now and teach it today. So it's going to be a lot of information, but I want you to pay very close attention because our world is writing a narrative every day and uh, they are changing people's perception and changing how we interpret life and so when we talk about the subject of destiny even in the church one of the things that is very prominent in the church is the fact that probably you have a good destiny you know and someone took it from you and all of those stuff that has been taught and so people live um, almost a kind of a helpless approach to life. They live almost a helpless approach to life. And um, what you find is people just going through life almost almost not, not knowing exactly where they're going to end up. Okay? So people are just wishing one of these good days, something good will happen to them. Uh, Some others are just hoping that God will just answer their prayers. And and there cannot be a sense of direction when you talk to a lot of Christians. And so, uh, I'd like to also have this conversation on, on the School of Destiny. So I'm going to be doing School of Destiny maybe one Wednesday a month that I'm around to the end of the year, depending on when that, I sense that this season has lifted, to teach on this. So, so tonight, we're going to look at what I call rules of engagement, rules of engagement. And I need you to pay very close attention, because what God will judge you for in life is your fulfillment of destiny. There is, there is, there is such a drive for wealth in our world, such a drive for money, such a drive for fame, and uh, we, we we almost are not conscious that God put us here for a purpose. We we almost are not so conscious of purpose anymore. Uh, uh, most times our deci- decisions are, what's the numbers? What's the, how much will this bring? Right. So I've r- written a couple of things down. I'll just put them out. Number one, you have a destiny in God. You have a destiny in God. Your parents might not have wanted you. Uh, What I mean by wanted you is maybe they wanted a a male child and you came out as a female and they did not hesitate to let you know that we were looking for a boy, not you. Why that can be a biological miscalculation on their part, it doesn't remove the fact that you have a destiny in God. You you have to be conscious of that, that you have a destiny in God. And, And I particularly want to say this to singles uh, because those of you who are married have already made your choice. But I want to say this to singles, that it's important that as you engage relationship, you are engaging with a sense of destiny, a sense of purpose. That it's not just the romantic Instagram feelings that you know people, people feeding themselves uh, sugar, people feeding themselves ice cream, you know, and writing couples' goals. That's that's not what's your motivation for marriage. And I want to say this tonight, uh, that marriages are not collapsing. I just want to let you know, it's the people you are following that their marriages are collapsing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh So when you feel, oh, this marriage thing, it is the people you have chosen to follow. There are people in this world who are enjoying their marriage, they are happily married, they are okay. The ones you have subscribed to are the ones that are giving you issues. So you have a destiny in God. Number two, God has good plans for you. And I need you to follow me tonight. And the reason I say this is sometimes I see the fact that when people get married, they lose, and I'm saying this very carefully, but... I'm praying that the Lord and the Holy Spirit will help you understand what I'm saying. The Lord never designed for you to lose your sense of destiny in marriage. Marriage is not the ultimate plan of God for your life. Marriage is not the bus stop. Marriage is an aspect of your life that should aid the purposes of God. And the reason I say that is especially to my dear single sisters, where it's almost like you put your life on a pause, waiting for a man to show up. So it's like, you know, it's almost like, I have finished school, I have gotten a job now. What is left? Say what is left again, my sister. It is a man, a man. You know, and and, 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 it, it almost looks like your whole life gets summarized at that point. So there's pressure from parents, there's pressure from church, there's pressure from society, there's pressure everywhere. And then immediately you get married, it's like I am done. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. I've run the race. I'm not ready to be laid up. And it's, you're gone. So the one question I'd like to ask you was, before God factored marriage into your life, did He have a plan for you? Was that it? Is is this it? So, you got married at 30, you got married at 35, you died at 90. From 35 to 90, were there no plans? Was there nothing God wanted to use you for? God has good plans for you. And these plans can only happen as you collaborate with God, number one, and as you discipline yourself. I want you to leave this evening meeting with a sense of destiny. That's what is driving me right now in my life. A sense of destiny. A sense of purpose. That whatever God has ordained for my life, God hasn't made anyone else to do it. He's created me for a unique purpose and a unique assignment. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Follow this. Let's go to Genesis 1 28. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. God said, uh, let's look at verse 27. The Bible says, God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God created man in his image, representation, to represent him. Look at the next verse. God blessed them. He blessed them, right? He blessed them. What was the next thing God said to them? Come on, what's the next thing? Be fruitful, Collaboration. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. God says, hey, I'm giving you the blessing. You are in my image, but you have a responsibility to be fruitful. You have a responsibility to multiply. You have a responsibility to fill the earth, and you have a responsibility to subdue it. God is not going to get this done for you. You have the responsibility to get this done. Do we wake up in the morning with a sense of purpose? Does it guide you? You know, I I, I took a young man. I was mentoring him in the ministry and I gave him a couple of assignments and then he was telling me yesterday night, he said, "Uh, I've realized that since you started mentoring me, I've not had time to go on social media. I said, you were going there because you were not busy. You were not busy. I gave him loads of books to read, loads of messages to listen to, loads of things to do. You, you, You were really not busy. To know what is trending all the time shows absolute lack of focus. Absolute lack. And let me tell you, social media is designed for something to to happen weekly. Something will happen weekly that will drag your attention. Do we live with a sense of, you know, as you watch those little children grow, how many of you have seen little children in your compound? Or when they come back for holidays? Those of you in the area. Right when the children come back for holidays, you shout, "Hey, John! Ah, you that we came to your naming ceremony. You are shouting that those children are growing. Have you seen yourself? Praise, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. No, have you seen yourself? You you think only the children are growing? You are. It's just because they cannot shout and say, "Hey, mommy! Oh, sorry, I don't know. No, you are growing." You know, I was with my friend in Abuja over the weekend and we were trying to look at something. We Went to the supermarket to get something. And so, <laughs> he was trying to buy something and he couldn't see. The letters were small. And so he would say, oh, I can't see this. I said, "It's old age. It, it shows you that time is going. I looked at our ministry. Couple of years, it looked just like yesterday that we came to the island. It's ten years already. One day we would wake up and realize we spent 20 years. We spent 30 years. Are you conscious of the precious moments that you waste? That there's a greater purpose for your life. By this weekend, we'll be celebrating 10 years of coming to the island. What if we did not obey God? What if we were not obedient to the voice of the Lord? We did not respond to the demands that God placed on us when he asked us to come here. Now, at the beginning of the year, how many of you remember the first wisdom for living? What I asked you to write big on top of your notes. How many of you can remember? What did I ask you to write? Huh? 31st. December. How many of you wrote that? How many of you wrote 31st December? How many of you realize six months gone already? Right. Almost six months gone already. By the time we step into June, half, and it just looked like yesterday that I asked you, you know, when I asked you to write 31st December, how many of you were just laughing it past? Right. Six months gone out of the year. And this was the year you talked about all your life. And I'll remind you in December again. I want everyone in this church to live with a consciousness of purpose. That's what is driving me in, in my life right now. Everything has to line up with purpose. So that on your deathbed you don't have regrets. Regrets about the things that God has put in your life. To do, or what you can do, or what you have the capacity to do. Let's look at Joseph. Follow me, follow me. Look at Joseph. In Genesis chapter 37, interesting story about Joseph, Genesis 37 and verse, uh, Genesis 37 verse 8, the Bible says, it says, Then his brother said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even for his dreams and for his words. How old was Joseph? My children, teachers. Who has the answer? How old was Joseph when he had this dream? Have anybody tried looking out for him? He was 17. Because one teacher told you he was 17. Okay. <laughs> so let's agree that Joseph was 17. Actually, Joseph should be younger. But let's agree that Joseph was 17. When the Lord gave him a dream that he was going to be governor, pay attention to this. At 17, imagine the destiny God had for Joseph that came in a dream at 17 years old. And I'm ensuring that this message is taught to our teenagers. Because we underestimate what God can trust our lives with. At 17, You know, I, I, as I travel now and as I do what the Lord has called me to do, I remember when I was very young and, uh, and, and my dad was asking me what I'd like to be. So I told him I'd like to be like Paul, the apostle. He said, no, you cannot be like Paul. You have to go and kind of read something else. You know, but of late, that began to come into my heart. In your heart are dreams that are encapsulated by the Spirit of God. That's your purpose, destiny. And the fact that God could trust this young 17-year-old chap with a governor's dream shows what our spirit is made up of. And let me tell you, the fact that God is giving you a good destiny does not mean that there will not be challenges. Look at what the Bible says. It says, So they hated him even the more for his dream and for his words. So Joseph did not grow up in a family where he was loved. All his brothers hated him. Only his father loved him. Look at the next verse. The Bible says in verse 9, Now he had still another dream, and related it to his brother, and said, "Lo, I have still another dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bound to me. He related it to his father and to his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the same in his mind. He grew up in a home where he had jealous brothers. And I'll tell you something tonight. If you want to fulfill destiny, you need to wake up from all of those stories of your past that you keep repeating that keeps you down. Oh, nobody loved me in my home. Oh, my brothers don't even like me. In this world, your family is supposed to be your first, your first uh, whatever you people say it. You know, I mean, what if everybody in this world hates you? Does that mean you will not fulfill the purpose that God has sent you to do? We talk so much of people that hate us. We talk so much of people that don't like us. And we despise those who invest their life in us. We should be talking about those who believe in us. Who are giving us the opportunity to do what God has called us to do. I bet you there is somebody somewhere in your life right now that absolutely believes in you. Believes in your potential. And you better focus on that person instead of allowing your life to be driven by the narrative of the multitude that hates you. I remember many years ago, the, the, the lady has forgotten. I know she has forgotten. Then I used to be in the youth fellowship, wasn't really particularly listening to anything they were saying in church. And, uh, <laughs> and one day, she was a dear lady in our church, still in our church now. I worry, one day she came and you know, one of the guys was telling her that, ah, uh, Maxa is going to become a youth pastor. He said this one, yeah, you cannot, you cannot be a pastor. <laughs> I remember the time I was made the pastoral of here, You know, she, come, she came and congratulated me. Ah, we, we see all what God is using you to do. I wanted to remind her. <laughs> but I didn't. But do you know that in life we can be stuck with people who don't believe in us? and there's someone in this life who believes in you, why don't you tell yourself, if this one person believes in me, that's enough. You know, Joseph could have gone all his life saying, you know what, my brothers hated me. It's just a little dream I had. No, what was even in the dream? Nothing, no, just, just wit and sharp, bind down to each other. My brothers, that should believe in me. Some of us have carried this victim mentality for so long that it's even difficult for God to break through to us because we, we, we are so victim conscious. I remember when we came to plant the church, one of the pastors I met in town, and I was telling him, God sent us to, um, to come plant the church. And he was telling me of the story of a man who came to plant the church and uh, plant a church in Bonnie Island, a heart stroke. First story he told me, Say said, The man, they did not carry him from the town. I remember another dear brother, I told God has asked me to come. He said, There are so many churches in town, you don't, well, I don't think we need your church here those were the first words I didn't come to Bonnie Island and the first person I met just said welcome, you are God sent no no we can't tell you the oppositions we got in this land starting the church don't feel if you're facing oppositions God hasn't called you it's proof positive that God has called you life was never designed to be easy your father didn't send you to school. Is that going to be all you will have to say for your 90 years in this life? That your father refused to send you to school. When do we wake up to the age of responsibility? God blessed Adam, but he says, be fruitful. You have to assume responsibility for the things God has put in your life. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to wake you up tonight. That as we get into our anniversary and the Lord is saying he's going to make room for us in the land and be fruitful. That's not just a word for the church. It's a word for you. That as you step into your season of fruitfulness, you assume responsibility for your life. You can talk about who did not help you, who helped you, who was there for you, who was not there for you. If you run your narratives by the negatives, you will never become a force to be reckoned with on the earth. But look at what God said about Joseph. Genesis 45, verse 7. Please give me the NLT version if you can. Genesis 45, the New Living Translation. It says, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivals. Look at the purpose. God meets a 17-year-old chap and put in him the ability to preserve many people. 17 years old. God sent him to a strange land. His destiny was to preserve many people. How many of you know today if if Joseph was, was today's Joseph, Joseph was in today's world and had a Facebook account and his brother sold him. How many of you know how the video is going to be. Right? Huh? Say, my brothers sold me. Say, how many are they? 11. Even your elder brother was there? Yes. Hey! Wicked world. Wicked world. He will be forwarded many times on WhatsApp. Some of us are too conscious of negative things. Every day someone tells you, I believe in you, you have great potentials. That one does not ring in your ear. It is the one teacher that said you were stupid. You have have immortalized those words. You've immortalized words of failure. You've just given up in life. You threw in one application. They didn't give you a job. You are now depressed. Little things make us depressed. Little things make us depressed. Little things. Oh, you bought Bob yesterday. Then today the Bob blew. You are, you are depressed. Ah, the Bob is 1-5, 1-5. And they say it will last. You will now insult. <laughs> you will start insulting. You, you arrange yourself. Where do I start this insult from? Okay, you start from the person who was selling down to Buari. Then you will now end up with the pastor who said you should walk in love. See, that's why I don't like church. They will say, "What, well, one thousand five hundred has, has produced three hours of insults?" Then you now hear, "I go to bed." Say you are not eating again for Bob. <laughs> Do you realize that there is a greater purpose for you in this world? Do you know the many survivors that were tied to the life of Joseph? That if Joseph had not fulfilled purpose, we will not even be talking of Israel. They would have died of hunger. And he did not fulfill purpose when everything was good. I want you to be conscious that there is something greater on your inside. Some of you here, there are books on your inside that needs to come out. Some of you, there are music on your inside that the world needs to hear. There's something in my heart burning for music now. I'm going to either put it into a book or do it into a teaching. But it's just messed up stuff we're just saying. All music we're listening in church, just self-centered. Nothing about the exaltation of God. Nothing about the beauty of His holiness. Analyze most of the songs. You don't have a scriptural basis for it. Because we've raised selfish Christians, so every song is selfish. Every song is about what God wants to do. Everything is about what God wants to do. When last did God give you a song? Because you're not spending enough time with him. Right? You go to studio now and you hear the things coming out and you're asking yourself, Is this music? And for those of you who sing, you need to, you need to watch it, right? Because I, I wrote something. Because when something trains, and everybody starts picking it, right? You know, three major national leaders in the Body of Christ in Nigeria have come out and started giving warnings to musicians. Pastor Chris started it, and I think a lot of people felt, oh, where well, is Pastor Chris? How many of you saw the, the instruction Bishop Wedebo gave to the Winners' Choir? Because we need to get the name of Jesus back in our songs. We need to get Hallelujah back in our songs. We don't just need to scream. And if these people are beginning to say there's something wrong, we need to start paying attention. Because there's some of you that are called. Into this ministry, and the Lord wants to put new songs on the earth. New songs of what is being taught. New songs that are consistent with Bible doctrine. But too lazy to get that out. Just too lazy. Because you're busy copying everybody. That's what I have to tell my choir. I don't want to see this whole stuff of turning nice songs written in Pidgin English, uh, written in good English to Pidgin English because you want to sound holy. Because I mean, I walk into churches now and you're just wondering, is this worship? Because everybody's trying to sound deep. Worship doesn't have to be deep. If we exhort the name of Jesus long enough, his presence will saturate our worship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. God says, I sent him to preserve many survivors. That's what I like. So these many survivors were tied to the life of Joseph. Let me tell you something. Your life, there are many people tied to your life. Many people. Forget about your family members. Can I tell you something? I might be, I'm not wrong. I might be wrong in some cases, but not completely wrong. I'm 90% right, 10% wrong. One of the things you must understand about life is that your family members actually the primary benefit your family members want to get from you is financial. Let me tell you that that truth. None of your family members is advising you because of destiny. And they say, I have these two jobs. Oh. This one gives me fulfillment. This one is no, not be fulfillment. Not me fulfillment, the oh. fulfillment. After mother has trained you, it's not none of your family members is actually advising you to follow God's plan what they are consigned is that money should drop. That's the truth. It's not about whether God has a plan for you. They don't care about that. And unfortunately, most of us has bought that narrative. I'm sorry to use the words, but we we have accepted the burdens of family at the expense of the assignment of God for our lives. So we bought that emotional burden. Because all you have to do to walk out of God's plan for your life is for your mother to cry. I carried you for nine months. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Let's do this one. Can I tell you something? If you stay in the plan of God long enough for your life, it will bring the money you need. If you stay in the plan of God long enough for your life, it will bring what you need. Because God is not a wicked God, He's a good God. He's factored that into the plan. Hallelujah. Come on, is somebody here? Can you say amen or something? Alright. So, what is rules of engagement? Rules of engagement simply means others that soldiers fighting in the war are given about what they can do or what they cannot do. Rules of engagement. The orders that the soldiers in warfare are given on what they can do or what they cannot do. I, I say this, a rule of life is a commitment to live your life in a particular way. I want to wake you up tonight to purpose. We've got six months left in this year. If you use your, there's a, uh, a message I'll ask them to send alongside this message. They'll send you the link, mid cost correction. Listen to it, Right? Re-evaluate your life. Which direction are you headed? Let me tell you, there's no magic in this life that's going to make your life successful if you're not taking the right steps. There's no magic. Forget it. The worst you will do is get angry and leave church. It won't change anything. It won't change God. There's no magic if you consistently make the wrong decisions that you're going to end up in the right place. There's a greater purpose in your life and I want you to be conscious of that. I want you to walk in it. A time must come when you obey God and the things God has put in your heart must be greater than anything in this life. Because we're going to stand before God in judgment individually, not corporately. They're not going to say, Jumbo house. (laughs) It's not going to be like in the house. Where are those that are doing lime rays? Okay, so because you carry it first in line race, no, it's No, nothing is going to be critical to you. Sad, sad to say, your husband is not going to defend you. You're not going to stand before God and God and say, Why did you not do this? Say, God, you know, he's my, he's my husband. You know, before we say, Let me get up to read, you know, we'll be crying and I say, God, God, see what you have blessed us with. Some of you, know you use children as excuses. To live in a very deplorable state where your potentials are concerned. Last time you picked a book was when you you got pregnant. That's the last time. And your first child is 10. So for the last 10 years, you haven't read anything meaningful except how to take care of a child. That's your whole life. Now that child will live. You realize that life is before you. There's nothing else. You were not ready for anything else. The child has gone to secondary school. There's nothing you can do. Because all you read is how to make pup. You lived your whole life for this child. YouTube video, like when a child is doing titty, what should they do? You are not even building toys. Fantastic. Perfect. Now the child is grown. She has a life before you. So, what else? What else? Do you realize that the next 10 years will come this quickly? How many of you have seen your throwback pictures? I want all my friends not to put my NYC picture anywhere. I was going to release a course. A course I have not used in 10 years. Before. I mean, you look, at, you, know, you look at yourself and you remember which day you were excited about going to youth service. You just realize it's years. Let me tell you, Time is moving faster than you thought. Oh, yes. Are you hearing this now? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you still here? You cannot wish a great destiny to happen. You cannot just wish, oh, I wish, I wish. No, it cannot happen that way. (laughs) It cannot happen that way. Number two statement, you cannot waste your life and wonder why you are where you are. You cannot waste your life and wonder why you are where you are. You know, uh, it's not. This is not an act of endorsement. I'm not trying to endorse the lady, or but I mean, she, she did she did great stuff, right? But I saw a lot of you ladies uh, posting. See Hilda now, the lady that cooked for a hundred hours. Huh? That's her name, right? Uh-huh. Women's strength. What a man can do. I'm not even sure a man has tried that because a man will just wonder for what. But let me tell you this, right? Let me tell you this. Let me just use that to show you something. Let me tell you this. Uh, those of you who followed, who followed the story patiently, 100 hours of cooking is how many days? How many days did she cook? Four days? Was it four or five days? Four days and some fraction. Uh, okay, for those of you who also follow the story How many years did it take her to prepare for that four days? Five years, five years. Yeah, Have some Have some of her faithful fans on this side of the church Right? That five, pay attention That five years including going to the gym Learning how to cook Right? Hello? How old is she? 27 Okay, I don't know, that's what I'm asking Okay, she's 27 years She's 27 years and she, cho- she used five years of her life to prepare to cook for four days, to break a natural record. And the whole world is celebrating her. Do you realize that in that five years, the way she lived was different from everybody around her because she had a goal? When her friends were busy drinking Fanta, drinking Coke, chopping biscuits, Licking ice cream. She was going to the gym. She had a goal. Five years for four days. Do you live like you are aiming at something? How are you living today for the next ten years? Do you, you, are you conscious that there is something? And let me tell you, no matter how you want to look at it, we're not, using her as a model, we're just using her as an example that all of us can relate with. No matter how you want to look at it, standing for four days to cook is no joke. No, you know some of you, <laughs> you see, I've been cooking for 30 minutes now, where is the Guinness Book of Records? <laughs> you know, some of you, by the time you cook for 30 minutes, you have dragged stool, you have, it's almost like you're setting up a church. Because at every point you go in the kitchen, there is a chair. There's a chair by the cooker. There's a chair by the. You just realize it's almost like a front row where the pastor sits. And there's a stool where you are doing Your waist cannot withstand. 45 minutes, you are gone. One hour, you are not waking up again. Why am I using that example? It would be foolhardy of us to tell ourselves that for our destiny, we will not have a stronger requirement for our lives. She paid the price. Hopefully, she gets certified to win in the prize. And you realize because she has put that years of discipline in her life. All of us online are supporting you. I'm supporting you. And some of those even support. I went to sleep. They said, let me go and sleep now. When I wake up tomorrow, I will follow. You know because you because for you even your support you could not give four hours consistent support. You had to sleep. Don't ever say life is unfair. It is not. If you put the price, you will get the goals. You can't put all your money, run all kinds of expenses, and be broke, and you're wondering why you're poor. You can not buy everything your eyes see. Buy everything your body craves for. Buy everything that comes your way. All some of you need to be poor in this life is for somebody with a show glass to walk past you. That's all you need to be poor. Granite passes, you are gone. Ice cream passes, show glass will ruin your life. Nobody has to pass. Are you're laughing. I'm serious. Anything. It's, it's almost like, once you see a show glass, something in you blows a whistle. <laughs> I'm serious, don't laugh. I'm really serious. You see shoe on status, you are booked down. I'm in your DM. I'm your, you are in the DM of several people. Can't you tell yourself, I will not buy this because I don't have the money. How do you want to be wealthy? When you can hardly save? Some of you have been working for the past 10 years. There's nothing to show for it. Simply nothing. And you just hope one day you're going to have enough money. This idea that you think your life will turn out right without putting efforts it's a very foolish idea. I just hope God, if God even brings that breakthrough do you have the system for that breakthrough? Do you have a system for it? Are you trained for it? Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. I believe that God wants to do great things in our life in the, the last part of this year and I want us to be ready for it. You know when I got back from Kenya you know ah. You know, I told myself, I said, God, dear God, you have to be ready for this. When I preached 19 days, every single day, sometimes three times, every message was fresh, every message was life-changing, and I was telling myself if I was not ready for this opportunity. And don't forget, most of the people who invited me have been listening to me, so they probably listened to most of my messages. So imagine you just start preaching a message you have preached before. You say, hey, I have it. Are you conscious of your future? Look at this. Life does not just happen. You have to exert your influence and your dominion from the realm of the Spirit. If you want things to work for you, you have to exert your influence. I want you to get this message and listen to it again. Tonight and tomorrow. Listen to it all through. We're going to send it with a link of mid-course correction. Listen to it again. Pass this on to our teenage church. We want young people to live with a sense of purpose and a sense of destiny. See, it's a sense of purpose and a sense of destiny that will not make you live in comparison to anybody. The world we are in now, it's, it's, it's just amazingly funny. All kinds of things prepping up. You have to know where you are going. You have to know what you want. Look at this. Let me show you something. Genesis 27 verse 40. Please give me the New Living Translation. Um, how many of you know the story of Jacob and uh, Esau? No, I said Genesis 27 and verse 40. Uh, the story of Esau, right? Now interesting, look up, interesting. Isaac blessed Jacob, right? Isaac blessed Jacob, gave him the blessing, gave him everything he needed in life, gave him the blessing. Then Esau came and said, don't you have one more blessing for me? And he says, no, i blessed your brother. Look at what he says. uh, told him. He says, you will live by your sword. Now, Jacob was to live by the blessing, but he says, you will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. This is a curse, actually. Then he says, but when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. I, I read this scripture first in the year 2000. I was in 100 level. I can remember where I read this scripture. I was in a room. in a a, a hostel called Diamond Villa. I, I read it from the King James Version. It says, when you become restless, you break the yoke from your neck. Then I read it from the New Living Translation. And it says, when you decide to break free, it changed my life. You see, that was the day I lost fear for curses. Let me tell you something. That even when a man is cursed, and he makes certain radical right decisions, that yoke can be broken. He says, when you decide, some of us, it is that we have not made a decision. I remember when myself and Pastor Mary decided we're going to go full time, pursue the call of God in our lives. Let me tell you, that decision did not come cheap. It wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. She had a career, she was going on her career, and we felt, listen, God has called both of us to this stuff. Now, if both of us are going to do this, one person has to post one. And then we made all those decisions, it was tough. And today people look at us and say, God, I just blessed you. God has put his special hand on you. Yes, because we made special decisions. Our ministry decision affected the number of children we were going to have. That's how high Impacting the decisions were. They impacted on the kind of jobs you would take. Impacted on the kind of things I would do. Thank God for the grace of God. But it's not just about luck that we're where we are. God has called you to reach the nations. You know you're going to travel a lot. You know you're not going to be at home a lot. You have left 13 children. Money for tickets is now for school fees. Come by time. (laughs) Say, but can't God supply all our needs according to riches in glory by Christ Jesus? That's between you and God. He's supplying. All because your mother kept saying, ah, In this our family, we don't have a lot of children. So you are the one to call what a whole family is supposed to have, a whole generation, what they are supposed to have over the period of 40 years. You had it in in one lifetime. Only you. You are just 10 years married. And you have given birth to children. Your cousins should give birth to That's why some of them look like your cousins. Say, who do you resemble? I mean, they, <laughs> they pick everything in you they can pick. They are, they are picking from the. See, uh, there's one man who died in our village 10 years ago. They have even gone to the village to take body shape. See, all your children, they don't look like each other. I mean, because simply purpose is telling you that you have, you have stretched your hand further than you should go. There are jobs you should not take. Why? It tampers with your purpose. Is the money much? Yes, but it tampers with your purpose. It tampers with your destiny. There are moves you should not make. If we're going to do what God has put in our heart to do, it's going to come with sacrifice. I was listening to the daughter of Paul Elton, the first missionary to Nigeria. Uh by Elton's daughter, she's about she's going towards her 90, ni- 90 years old birthday now. She's about eighty something. You know that dear lady refused to get married. Just serving the purpose of her father. She's you not know, sure stayed there. And um and uh because they wanted to be missionaries in Nigeria, in those days you couldn't have dual citizenship. They renounced their British citizenship to be missionaries in Nigeria. So actually, she's fully Nigerian. She can't go back to Britain anymore. She's renounced that. I have a friend who pastors in Sokoto, they had to drop their British citizenship to become missionaries in Sokoto. What decisions have you taken and you know that this will be costly but it's purpose-driven? We all just want convenient decisions and we still want to end up in purpose. It's about how much comfort can we have and still excel. You want to start a business, instead of you to go and look for a small space and get up every morning and go to that business, you are, you are just on your WhatsApp, lying down and listening to music that does not make sense and say, come and buy from me. Friends and, uh, business grow when friends patronize, then you now start harassing people with quotes. Who what are you? Will I call you a friend if you do not buy from me? If you buy from me, I don't know nonsense. Is that how <laughs> is that how businesses are built? Is it by harassing people? In the real sense, if you want to do real business, you will not do it for your friends. Nobody gets rich doing business with friends. Friends don't pay. Not even church members. Don't do business with church members. Go to strangers and do business. Do you want to be a businesswoman or a businessman? Or do you just want one failure lying down somewhere? And then waiting for one turnaround service. Even if God turns your life around, what will be the product of that Turnaround. We were we all hoping for train seven. Here we are. And it shall come to pass. And then you realize that your hope has passed. Then you will wait for train eight. By then, I would have given you another pastor. How, would you, how do you build your life on something you can't control? I want to challenge you tonight. Don't end the remaining months of this year the way you have started. Be on your purpose. Be on your purpose. Be on your track. There are things that come easy to you that you know God has given to you, right? Listen, trade those things. Don't drop them for anything. Trade them. Some of you can write. Some of you can sing. Some of you can edit. Some of you can um, sell. Some of you know how to sell. You know how to market. Build a business around it. And I want to beg all of you, my dear family members, don't let this Bonnie Island limit you. Because our greatest role model of prosperity here is the people who are on site. Hmm? That's our greatest role model. Where are you now, Sam with (laughs) Mobius? God has done your own. He will soon do my own. (laughs) Uh, You have forgotten that the companies that you're working for, someone built them you have forgotten, that they were owned built by someone and maybe God has something bigger for you are you still here? Go to Genesis 33 verse 9. I need to finish this. Genesis 33 verse 9. Give me the NLT version quickly. Look at, look, at, look at when Esau... Oh God, thank you Lord. When Esau met Jacob. Jacob had been blessed by God supernaturally. And I've explained this between the blessing and the curse. Jacob had been blessed by God supernaturally. Then he brought some gifts to Esau. Look at what Esau told him. He said, my brother, I have plenty. Esau answered, keep what you have for yourself. Can you imagine a man that was cursed? The guy knew, let me tell you something. Pay attention, please, don't miss this. The guy knew that, listen, what? I don't have the advantage of the blessing. So I will have to work hard. The guy worked so hard that when he saw the man with the blessing, he said, I have plenty. Keep what you have. Can I tell you how I interpreted this verse to myself when I was in school? I did not have the advantage that other parents can give their children. You know, in those days when I was going to school, they would give me my allowance for one week. Yeah, my allowance was 2,000 for one week. Out of that 2,000, I would transport 500 naira from there. So I had like maybe one five for the week or something because I used to go back on weekend. I remember one time, I, I can't forget, <laughs> I bought the book Money Comet by Leroy Thompson. It just came out. The book was 1,200. So I bought the book. and I think I had maybe 100 or 200 naira to live all through the week. Then we had these breads, this called Bravo bread. So I bought a long one. And every day I'll buy fifteen Arakar, which was maybe five or six pieces. I'll take a portion of the bread Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I had lined. <laughs> oh God. Because there was no way I could tell my parents that I had spent that money for a book. That was even the worst case. Then it's not even a book that will make me make heaven. Is money comment <laughs> You understand that? So I lined my bread each week. So I would drink water in the morning, go to lecture, come back, take my portion for that evening like that, like I think it got to like Wednesday. I had to cry, say, God, if I have seen for <laughs> you know, You know, and you know, luckily I think I walked into one of my friends and then you know that's how that week was sorted. But that I lived. That I lived. I knew that I did not have a parent who, would, uh, who had all the money to give me. When they had given me the basic necessities, I knew I could not fail. I had a triangle in my room. It was my library, my room. And then I went to fellowship. And I told them in fellowship, I can't come more than twice a week. I had to read, spend time in the library. Spend time in the library. I had to come out with good grades. At a hundred level, I decided, I said, well, I will need some extra money and my parents could not provide. I went for four scholarships, and I had three. And those scholarships, you know, those scholarships that you would get, then your, your parents would not say, bring the money. Do you understand? <laughs> Somebody shouted <it> out. <laughs> Do you understand? Then you would, you would give them all the money. They will use it to sort some other things, then give you what they'll be giving you for school. And then I said, because you came with scholarships, this is 2,000 extra. I remember there was a time federal government scholarship came out maybe two thousand and three or so for people who were more than two one. I got that. I was ten thousand. Had a scholarship from Bielsa State, scholarship from Agip, and that's how I was able to go through school. You cannot come from a poor home and still be dull. Two plus two, you are still saying nine, and your parents are poor. How do you manage? How do you manage? Even if God wants to help you with which brain? Where will he take you to? They place you before prime minister and say two countries plus two countries. How many countries will you govern? He says nine. Prime minister will say, Joseph, go back to prison. If, if you were in the front prison, take him to the last one. Make sure that for the rest of his life, he does. Do you have the brain with which God will take you to your future? Or do you sit?" And thank God will leave those who are paying the price just because you're special. And we have people who sit in church every day and get offended at God for not helping them when they're really not doing anything about their life. You're looking for a job. You made one application. And you're saying there are no jobs. You are joking. Every single day of your life, an application should be going forth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at what he says. He says, "My brother, I have plenty." He took a decision. When you know you don't have much support in life, and an opportunity is given to you, don't waste it. Some of you have friends that are married. You already know if anything happens, their husband will bail them out. You are still wasting time with them. You are single. You are now all your friends are married. You will now sit down and now be watching their husband's television and be gisting and be they are married. If they need anything, their husband will buy for them. If they are hungry, their husband will provide food. You are not married, no skill. And you are just there saying, my bestie, my bestie, my bestie, my bestie. Your life is going away. You are watching your life Go away. You are shouting, my bestie. When you don't have many advantages in life, you don't waste the little ones you have. I say it all the time. Ministry is all we got. And we put our heart into it. We protect it. We preserve it. This all we've got. We don't have a business elsewhere. We don't have something else we do. We don't have any market elsewhere. There's no, this is our life. And that's why you see we are passionate about ministry like we do. When you don't have many advantages in life, you are not from Boni. you got a job here. Or you are now following individuals that when they drop them, the king will beg for them, they will put them back. They insult supervisor, you will insult. Don't worry, you will soon go back home. Are you still here? Do you realize that some of us pray for opportunities all our life? And when those opportunities come, we get familiar with them. And we don't do the best. We pray for people to support us. Now supporters come. We, 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 We joke with it. We pray for people to believe in us. We pray for help to come. God brings help our way. We toy with it. We get familiar with it. You were not designed to just live by merciful intervention from others. In 2023, June is mid-year. And you have only six months to craft whatever is left of this year. Ask yourself three questions quickly. Go on. It's a long night, but bear with me. Is this all I can be? Is this all I can do? Is this what God has created me for? Is this all I can be? Is this all I can do? And is this what God has created me for? Some of you need to cut yourself from things that that choke your time so you can fulfill purpose. Some of you need to delegate your time. Allow people to do stuff for you so you can fulfill purpose. Right now, at the core of my life, is living a life that pleases God and fulfills purpose. I don't owe anybody any explanation anymore. Why you are not available for some meetings? Why you are not at some parties? Why you are not attending to some people? The time for those explanations is over. We have a race against time. I said, "Is this all I can be? Is this all I can do? Is this what God has created me for? Is what? Is this what God has created me for? What I'm doing right now is, is this? Is this what God has created me for?" Every time I go into meetings, I was in Bielsa and an elderly man, man of God, traveled all the way from Kwale. Kwale is in Delta State. He said, he heard I was going to be in Bielsa and one of my messages changed his life. He traveled all the way to be in that meeting. I go to meetings, I was in Abuja this weekend, and, and I see people walk up to me. You changed my life. You, you changed my life. I listened to your message. I was in Tanzania. A guy came all the way from Dar es Salaam, traveled hours to where we're having the meeting. I see people meet me all around whose lives are changed by the things we teach. Your life ought to be also. Because you hear them the most. You hear them the most. Your life ought to be. And my life ought to be because I'm teaching them. We all have work to do. Are you here? Sure? I have work to do. Five areas of evaluation. Let's go quickly. Five areas of evaluation. Number one, not number one. Three points, then number one. An unexamined life is not worth living. You've got to examine your life. An unexamined life is not worth living. Examine yourself. Now, when I say examine yourself, it's not to compare whether you have money. No, that's not... You know, sometimes we examine ourselves and we get into depression. That's not the goal. Why don't you have money? What skill? Hmm? You know, young people are learning skills now, making loads of money from it. Graphics design. Doing stuff. A lot of things. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Do not, do not increase your speed in the wrong road. It won't change your direction. It will only get you to the wrong destination faster. Hmm? Don't, don't be praying for speed in life when you are not taking the right road. It's not about so much speed. It's about the direction. You know, I look at ourselves and look at our church. Is this all we can be on this island? Is this all we can do? There are people on this island that haven't heard these messages. That their lives will be blessed. We have a responsibility to reach them. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So what are the five areas to evaluate quickly before we do... We still have a lot to go. Let's go, let's go quickly. Number one, relationships. Relationships. Ask yourself this one question. What direction are your immediate relationships taking you to? Relationships must be defined by value, not proximity. What value are they bringing to your life? I've explained to you here, your friends should be people you share the same value. It's it's time you have a conversation with some people and say, you know what, this is not working. We're not going in the same direction. And don't be apologetic about it. You know, I was talking to Pastor Paul, my friend. We're talking about a dear friend of ours. Uh, We used to be friends. And I went to preach for him several years ago, maybe like four years ago. I went to preach for him, so I I was something. and I went to preach for him like four years ago, and uh, after I preached for him, we had, we had a bit of a conversation, and I told myself, this guy, no way, that was it. So he was asking me that, oh, it's not, I, I, I just told him, I said, you know what, it's not, it's very, I'm at peace with everybody, but I know who gets into my space. There are guys I can't do ministry with. I, I can't. It's not by proximity. We went to the same school. We grew up together. Those things have no meaning in destiny fulfillment. You see, some of us are where we are today because we are too emotional about our friends. That's the truth. You, you, you and your friend said you people were going to read. The last time that your friend read was five years ago. Hmm? then your friend is not looking for audio book. Where they are, <laughs> they are reading the book. To, to, to. <laughs> is this relationship adding to me or reducing? See, you can track a relationship and ask yourself, since this person became my friend, what are the positives I've gotten? What are, they, what are the positives? Sit down. What are the positives? What are the negatives? I know there are some of you who are just the only ones investing in relationships. You are the father Christmas of the relationship and the mother Christmas. Hmm? You're the only one giving. You give good advice, they live bad life. You give good advice, they live bad life. It's like that. I say, what shall we do? We have been friends since we were, even the time we don't used to wear clothes, that's when we have been friends. No problem. Keep dragging dead woods along your paths. You, you would hold on to relationships that are draining. Drain your time. Drain your energy. And some of you have to tell yourself that you cannot live your life, your whole life, to repay an act of kindness. I think that's a word of knowledge for someone someone was kind to you 10 years ago that has allowed you not to live your life the way you want to live it because every time you need to make a destiny decision, I remember remember 10 years ago when you were hungry I gave you food I gave you, say it's true it's been 10 years you have not finished paying that food whatever they bought for you buy it back I say thank you very much this was the rice 10 years ago it was one plate, now it's 10 plates Can we? Do you understand? I'm not saying be ungrateful but you can not get lashed onto relationships that pull you back because of an act of kindness. Number two, your finances. One question I'd ask you. How much can you account for in the last six months financially? Are you indebted? Why are you indebted? Some of the things say things have gone up. Try to live below your income. Nobody lives above their income and works in financial freedom. How's your finances? How are you handling your finances? Are you giving to God? Do you have enough? What do you need to cut down? How you, what have you done with your money in the last 10 years, in the last 6 months? How are your finances? Have a conversation with yourself. Right? I had a conversation with myself at the beginning of this year and I said, you know what, I didn't make some great financial decisions last year, this year I want to make some great financial decisions, and I'm doing this, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this. Not everybody who asks me I like, will respond to, have a responsibility to this, I have a responsibility to this, I'm ensuring my finances are put this way because people cannot live their lives in a scattered way and expect to reap from you that is living your life in a disciplined way. They won't work. They won't labor. They won't do anything. You do all the work and they are specialists in asking. Not once, not twice. Right? And you know, you play God in people's life. You are the... When they sing, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, yeah? Know your grace, your money is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Your picture comes to their mind. Because you are their Jehovah Jireh. Can I tell you something? Do you realize if you, if you drop dead today, everybody who was depending on you will leave? I know you don't think so, but they will leave. Oh, they will leave. You think you are the breadwinner? No, you aren't. Once the breadwinner stops winning, everybody leaves. Have you seen, some, have you seen a whole family die because the person who was giving them money died? They will all threaten. Oh no, we will die with you, brother. We will die with you. If, if don't say that if you are close to me. And you are running to the grave, then we say, say, don't do it. Don't, don't try it to oh. <laughs> oh, all those people forget all those He said they don't know what they are doing. They know what they are doing. If they run close to that grave, they will, <laughs> and they will run back. Nobody wants to die. You realize those people crying that they will, they will die with you, they'll die with you, they'll die with you. Immediately they put that sand and they quarrel over food. People they invited has not gotten food. They have forgotten that somebody died. You will see them tie rapper. How can somebody come from the, they are now fighting over food? They have forgotten that they wanted to die a few minutes ago. Let me tell you this. You are not as important as you think. Do you realize that every problem you did not solve at the end got solved? It's just you taking importance and they know how to fan your flame. They will just put your picture on status and say, the one I run to. The one who, and you will just be smiling, sheepishly, and be doing transfer. How much did you say? They will just praise you. Oh, my sugar cake. And they are showing you to death. Let those praises not get to you. Plan your finances. Be able to say No. If there's something God delivered me from, oh boy, that's it. I can say no now very well. Oh, it took, a th- it took a hard time. You know, I used to give a lot. It took God to actually teach me to save. I think I've shared the story before. I just used to, to give. I mean, I was in a dream one time and, and I went to download a teaching article on savings by one of my mentors. I woke up. The last way God speaks to me is by dreams. I woke up and I knew God wanted me to save. That's where I started saving no, before money just comes, I just bless people. Just bless. I mean, I wasn't doing anything wrong, but it was just foolishness. You know, even though I had a generous heart, no problem. No problem. <laughs> Personal development. In what subject area have you grown in the last six months in respect to your career or your field of study? What subject area have you grown? What subject area have you grown? What have you learned? You are a pastor. What new thing have you learned? You are an engineer. What new thing have you learned? Don't wait on your company to develop you. Learn a skill. Instead of watching comedy on YouTube, why don't you pick a YouTube channel in the area of your field? As an engineer, there are YouTube channels curated for engineers. There are YouTube channels curated for whatever you are in. Music, hairstyle, shoemaking, uh, uh, seamstress, tailors, fashion designers look for things like that and add to your knowledge let me tell you, this world is very competitive the more our the more our population grows the more every single field is competitive, am I right? Um, how, what's the age now they take for LNG trainees, what's the age? 20, is it 27? Do, do they have an age, they should have an age bracket right? what's, what's the age? 27. I think I saw the last out I 10. So you know that by the time you are 28, eh? <laughs> it will take divine intervention. So even the older you get, right? The less market value in terms of employment. You might have value in terms of your week. But in terms of employment, the less market. So that's why if you are coming in, you must come with something special. More graduates are coming. That your sister you are training is coming after you. That your brother you are training is coming after you. The children you are training, they are coming after you over the same job. Oh, you think that person you are training now? That's why you see that people don't retire here. A man who can change his birth certificate many times. And I know some of you are planning like that, and some of you are like that. So don't think these ones in TCC are waiting for you. They are coming with faster skills. How many of you help ask your kids to help you? You know, I, it's, it's amazing sometimes when old aging code starts staring you in different styles, right? Like, I pick up... Well, maybe because we don't watch a lot of TV. But I, like, I pick up the TV remote, and I'm like asking my son, well... Uh, what's this? How can I get to these channels? And the guy just come and just, zoom, 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 zoom. you know, you know when I bought the PS game, I used to beat him. You know, I mean, I'm playing with the guy now, and the guy just trashes me at will. <laughs> you just realize that in these things, you're not going to be competent with these guys. Your children are now helping you with your phone. It's is a message. Oh, oh! It's a message. Where is this? They say, "Don't worry." It's ten, time is going. Before you know, they will just buy one big phone for you that can just do text message. You are gone. Are you still here? Don't live a life that you wish you were younger. From today, make a decision that you are going to live, and at the end of your life, you would. You would let me use the word. You would you would retire in peace, knowing you know what I gave life my best shots. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For those of you in your twenties, thirties is as is closer than you thought. Hmm? If you're 26 now, four years time you are 30. Hmm? If you're 27 now, three years time you are 30. You know, in your mind, you never thought you will be 30. You felt you will just be that 22, 23, 24, 30. And immediately you hit 30. Next number, (laughs) 40. And I like the way they are doing it now. Fourth floor. So immediately you hit 30. You have you have entered the staircase. As you hit forty, it's five zero. (laughs) Bye bye. You know that song you say bye bye. You have started waving. You are now weary. you know, the, the, based on how much your faith can handle, you realize that even the strength to read is no more. Because when you were 30, you could come back from work, you could read late in the night. Now you have hit your 40s. You are reading and you are feeling that something is touching your head. What is actually happening is you are using your head to hit the table. Reading and sleeping, reading and sleeping is gone. Oh, he's gone. Maximize your time. How much personal value have you acquired in the last six months? Can you respectfully walk to your boss and say, I need increase in my pay because I've added more value? Can you do that? Or will increase in pay be as a result of mercy? Spiritual growth. Have you grown spiritually? Or are you stagnant? How is your prayer life? How is your soul winning life? Who have you brought to church? Who are you discipling? Commitment to the things of God. Has your commitment to the things of God grown? Have your love for God increased or decreased? The way you love God when you started this year, is it the same way you love God now? Then the last one. Then the last one. What has procrastination costed you in the last six months? Write that down. What has procrastination costed you in the last six months? That book you should read, why have you not read it? That tape you should listen to, why have you not listened to it? Hmm? That call you should make, that relationship you should break, why have you not broken it? That friendship you should sever, why have you not severed it? That course you should finish, why have you not finished it? Maybe it will take some sleepless nights. Maybe it will take some days shutting off your phone. That's why God put in my heart to run School of Destiny monthly. Some of the Wednesdays that the Lord will give me the privilege to teach from here. Because I just feel that we need these reminders constantly. It cannot just be wisdom for living at the beginning of the year. And then we forget about these personal things we need to do. Last scripture. Judges chapter 13 and verse and Verse 10. Judges thirteen verse ten. This is actually where this message is taken from. Judges thirteen verse ten. Is somebody challenged this evening? I didn't hear you. Are you challenged this evening to do more, to be more, to get more out of life? Judges thirteen and verse ten. Just a reminder. Judges thirteen ten. You know when the angel came about uh, Samson. Am I right? Yeah. Then he says, So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came the other time has appeared to me. Then Manoah rose up. Le- let's go to verse 8. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, "Oh Lord, please let the man of God whom you have sent come to us again, that he may teach us what to do for the boy who is to be born. This boy had a special purpose. He says, teach us what to do for him. Now go to verse 11. Then Manoah arose and followed his wife and when he came to the man he said to him, are you the man who spoke to the woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, when now when your, bo- your words come to pass, what shall be this boy's mode of life and his vocation? So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, let the woman pay attention to all that I said. Give me the New Living Translation verse 12. He says, when your words come true, what will be the boy's responsibilities and work? If you have a special call, you have to have a rule of engagement. He was to be a Nazarite. His hair was not to be cut. Everybody can cut their hair, but his hair was not to be cut. Family, if there's purpose on your life, there are rules of engagement. Everybody can spend their money the way they they want. You have to live by budget. Everybody can go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. Listen to me. Take these quotes down. Until you become a prisoner to a structure, routine, process, or training, your purpose and your destiny cannot happen. Until you become a prisoner to a routine, to a structure, to a training, your destiny cannot happen. You must have routines. You must have when you read. You must have when you pray. You must have when you confess the word. Child of God, we must know where our lives will end up. We must know that in the next five years, this is where I will end up. This thing cannot be guesswork any longer. We cannot live our life at the mercy of, oh, we don't know. No, 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 no. We need to be sure. The way I'm living in ten years' time, this is where I'll be. Until you become a prisoner to a structure, a routine, a process, a training, your purpose and your destiny cannot happen. You must have daily wins. You must have daily things you do that will lead you to your goal. Even Jesus, in Luke chapter 5 and verse 52, the Bible says, Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in in favor with God and men. Jesus increased in wisdom. Hmm? Jesus had to grow into his purpose. Alright, last scripture, John 21, 18. John 21, 18. What are the systems that define your months? What are the systems that define your days? You know, I was reading this scripture today and it highlighted something to me. Can we all just look at it and I'll close here. Jesus was talking to Peter. He says, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself. Went wherever you wanted to go. He says, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Can you see what Jesus told Peter? Even though the the Bible says the next verse, he was talking about the kind of death Peter was to die. But you know what? when I read this verse, what struck my heart today? Jesus understood times and seasons. That a time will come. Peter will do whatever he likes. But a time will come when Peter will be held and they would have to lead him and they would take him where he does not want to go. The same way you are carrying your old mother now. Your mother will say she wants to stay with you. You say you should go and stay with your brother in Cano. The way you are transporting your mother where he does not want <laughs> a day will come like Peter, you will fulfill this scripture. Hmm? A day will come. Now you are just traveling. How to go to Botacourt? You just enter boats. A day will come. It's your children that will call you. Mama, if you enter that boat, don't... a day will come. John chapter 21 verse 18 will be a physical manifestation in your life that the things you want to do, you know, that you will stretch your hands and someone will take you. Before that day comes, ensure that you live well. Because as all of us are seated here, it's a blessing. A day will come when your children will say, you are not going anywhere. You see this one, I'm traveling. Ah, yeah, where is pastor? I'm updating status. A day will come. When Carrie will say, Dad, you are not traveling. A day will come. When Zara will say, Mom, you are not entering the kitchen. A day will come. And for some of us, that day is closer than we think. Oh, that day is closer than we think. For some of you, that this day looks very far. You will just realize that the day has come. So, Jesus told Peter, you're doing what you like now. He said, but the time will come when they will take you where you don't like. For, for us. Eh? Let me say this. Singles, you know you can stay now. You can say you're not going home. Hmm? You know singles, you can say you're not going home. You can just decide, eh, Well, You can just follow your friend now. Go and sleep there. And from there, Go to work tomorrow, and even borrow shirts. Yeah, that's a day you like to. A day will come you will be missus And before you know, one Marie Dumas looking head. Mm, she remembers, and you will, and your husband will say, "Where, where, where are you going?" A day will come. You only go where your husband permits. A day will come you want to join the choir, and your husband will say no. You can't join. Yeah. A day will come. You want to go for Bible study. Say, I want to eat pounded yam. And your time starts now. <laughs> A day will come. Yeah. yeah. So don't forget. Write this on your wall. A day will come. Says others will dress you. A day will come where your husband will say, I don't like this hair. A day will come where the wig you are wearing shall not be permitted. And a day will come. A day will come. Where you will wear what you don't want, yeah, that day will come. How many married people can bear witness with me? Yeah, the day will come. That you will be constrained. So, blessed are thou amongst women when your day comes. It's school of destiny. I hope you go back home tonight thinking very strongly about destiny. And somebody say, well, I'm not married. I'm single parents or I'm divorced. But that day has come. Because even with your children, they will determine how you spend your money. You now have a son to look after. So no matter how life treats us, that day will come when we will not go where we like. So I pray that before that day comes, you make good use of now that you can read what you want. Go where you want. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord, we submit our hearts and our minds to you tonight. Lord, I'm asking that you would help every one of us to be conscious of the purpose for which you gave us breath, for which you gave us life. May we live with the consciousness of destiny. Not just the consciousness of destiny, Father, but the consciousness of pleasing you and the consciousness of eternity, knowing that we give account of our lives and our souls and our times on earth. I pray that this message, wherever it goes, will stir the hearts of your children to live out the fullness of your plan for their lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, are you blessed tonight?